at times have felt as though while navigating through 2020 that we'd never make it to see this day. For me at least, 2020 changed both my life and strengthened my relationship and walk with God. I just want to be honest for a second and share that there were many, many times last year that my faith did both in thought and deed waver. However, I had to tap back in and check the record. And when I did so, what I realized was that though at times I may have been pressed on every side, whether it be dealing with loss, whether it be navigating through a valley experience, God was still there working on my behalf. This week, I'm so excited to be joined by the incomparable pastor, Candy West. Candy began her professional career in music with Kurt Franklin and God's Property, and today she is a gospel recording artist with more than 20 years in the music industry, plus over 50 albums with her vocal imprint. She also currently serves as a staff pastor and the director of worship and fine arts at the All Nations Worship Assembly in Huntsville, Alabama. Welcome to the show, Pastor West. How are you? Hi, Dante. I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? I'm I'm great. I just want to just say again, thank you so much for being a part of season two. I Woo! am genuinely excited and pumped about this season, and I and I'm so grateful to be kicking it off the right way. Um, with one of my favorite gospel artists of all time. Genuinely, I mean that. Um, Thank you. You are, again, as I said, incomparable. Not just, not even just your features, um, but, again, your own music. And, I, and, of course, we'll talk a little bit about that later in the show, but I've even watched you recently on YouTube... Uh, on the YouTube, as my grandmother would say. <laughs> on the YouTube. Um, you know, as you minister to the people at, at All Nations. And my God. Wow. Thank you. You have such an anointing that has blessed me all the way in Jacksonville, Florida. You have blessed me wow. many, wow. many times. Um, and even those who I'm connected to just genuinely admire your ministry gift. And I'm just grateful to have you as we launch season two. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. So let's get right to it. This week, we're talking about identity and defining who you are in God. And one of the most yeah. important revelations we can get from the word of God is to understand who we are in Christ. Identifying with Christ will change the way we live and cause us to rise above adversity. Not just that, not understanding our identity in him will keep us living far below our rights and privileges in Christ. So I want to kick off our discussion just talking about the Christian faith in general, right? So the Christian mm -hmm. faith is unique among all religions of the world in the concept that you are saved by faith. Um, and your belief and not of your own works or deeds. And why do you think yeah. God personally chose to take this route in his, in his development or formation of the world? 
you know, it, it brings me back to the beginning when God established the, the earth and the birds and, and the life forms. And then he put Adam and Eve in the garden. The fall of man was because they lacked the faith to believe that when God told them you could eat of all these other trees, but hmm. not that one. I believe their lack of faith to believe that whatever he said about it was what it was and not to be challenged in that and not to be veered or steered in a, in a direction that would lead them away from God and lead them away from trusting him, trusting what he said, even if he didn't explain why mm. trusting. And that's what faith is. Faith is believing God. Even when you don't understand why faith is trusting God, even when you don't know the, the full, you don't have the full story or the, the full blueprint of what he wants to do, but you have faith enough that he's going to do a thing. And so I think that that's why he really wow. drove that faith factor, because at the beginning, the fall of mankind was because of lack of faith, lack of trusting what God said is what he said and not trying to do it your own way. Amen. Already, you got me over <laughs> here shook. No, I, I definitely understand that. So Romans 8 and 15 tells us. That we can address God as Abba or Daddy since we are, in fact, his adopted children. So let's yeah. talk about when uh, we have personally related to God as Daddy or Abba, Father. Absolutely. For me was when I lost my father um, mm. to cancer in 2012. And that was one of the hardest seasons to navigate through because I was an active worship leader at a church and um i was a director of worship at a church in birmingham at the time and uh you know having that full responsibility of leading worship and you can only take so much time off because you're the main person and i really had to lean into god the father like i learned god as a father and the thing about and i'm so glad we're talking about this because i was sharing this with uh, a group of people not too long ago sometimes we look at god we don't really experience the fullness of god as father because we look at god as a replacement when he is the origin wow. he's the father that teaches fathers how to father and so you know when we have that experience with god as father you know there's so many people that say hey you know I, I don't have a relationship with my dad i never knew my dad or my father passed away or you know whatever the case may be with their father and so sometimes we project how we feel about our earthly fathers to our heavenly father and that's because we haven't come into the revelation of who he is as the as the as the og daddy you know what right, i mean right. like we haven't encountered him as the father that that makes fathers and that 2012 time and season for me was a time that i really learned god as father i had to lean into who I was as a daughter and just because my earthly father wasn't there anymore, I had to learn that I was still, I was still a daughter and I was still significant and Absolutely. I still had purpose. And so that that's when I came into the personal revelation of God as father for me. I would say for me, it was definitely somewhat of the same. And you kind of tapped on it a little bit. I, I can recall a time when I felt like my earthly father was not present. There was a definitely a time when physically he wasn't present, but most certainly emotionally he wasn't present, as I stated, physically not present. And there as a young black male, there was an opportunity or a season where 
I felt alone in that area or destitute or that there was a void that was present. And I would have to agree with you. There was definitely a time where I had to, like my grandma would say, steal away, you know, and, yeah. and, and really see God for who he is. And someone said something in season one. Uh, where they were ta- where they said, you know, they were referring to their relationship, but it, it parallels the same to this situation. A, a lot of times, you know, when I when we do face obstacles like that, you know, whether it be father not in the home or the loss of a father or a loved one, you have to go back to the manufacturer, the one who made him mm-hmm. or her and really, you know, seek for guidance and understand who God is and why he does what he does and why he says he what he said. And even in that, what our response should be to the will of the Lord. Yeah. And I think that for me at one point was definitely something that what provided a, a great obstacle for me, just being real, you know, mm-hmm. really having to wait and hear for the Lord from the Lord, you know, what how I should move in that situation or or what my response should be in terms so that I'm pleasing in his sight, talking about identity, you know, so that I'm walking right in him and, and really trusting and believing in him and his word so that I can, you know, be pleasing in his sight. But definitely yeah. that's that's something that really kind of shifted or began, I believe, looking back, shifted who I am in God. So let's jump over to uh, this next question. How does your personal identity influence how you approach God? Ooh, that's a great question, Dante. I think for me on this journey of evolving, my journey of, you know, really having a relationship with God, I hit a season in my life where you know, I, I, I've been prophesied to him, all these things I was going to do. You know, I, I, for years, I would be prophesied to that one day my teaching and preaching ministry would supersede the things that I have done in music. And mind you, I'm like, at this point, I've been a part of platinum winning albums, Grammy Award yeah. winning albums. I'm like, how in the world is my little teaching and speaking <laughs> or whatever going to, you know, trump that? Because that's huge, right? Um, those are major accomplishments. Absolutely. But one of the things I started asking God as I was being prophesied to about who I am beyond my gift and my voice of singing, I began to ask God, who am I? Who am I? And the Lord led me to Jeremiah 1. And we're in Jeremiah 1, God is talking to Jeremiah and he's solidifying who he called him to be. But before he tells Jeremiah who he put him on the earth to be, he said, before I formed you, I knew you. And when I read that scripture one time, I was in like, I had an epiphany, Dante, like God says, before I formed you, I knew you. We know Jeremiah to be a prophet, but God said, I knew you before I made you a prophet. And so when I began to really read that scripture and get the revelation of that, I began to ask God, who was I before you formed me in my mother's womb, before you birthed me through my mother, before my mama and daddy got together and you called me by name? Who did you call me to be? 
before they put a microphone in my hand and said, she's going to sing. And you said, yeah, that's cute. She is going to sing. But I called, I knew her before you did. God, who was I? Because that's where my identity is. That's who I am. And that is when my journey began to evolve. And I started to embrace all that I am and beyond the gifts, beyond the mantles, beyond the mandates and the call and the offices. Absolutely. At the bare, at, at, at not even the bare minimum, at the base of who I am, Dante, is daughter. At the base of who I am, I am an heir That's and good. a joint heir with That's Christ. At, at the bare, at the bare, at the base of who I am, I am a friend of God. I, at, at the base of who I am, you remove the titles, you remove all the accomplishments, you remove all the makeup, you remove uh, the hair, everything. At the base of who I am, I am God's idea. Mm. When the Bible says, who art man, that you are mindful of him. Yes, ma'am. What's in our mind? Our thoughts. And so I'm a thought of God. I am the plan of God. I'm God's idea. And when you come into the re revelation of that, it, you know, the titles are just an enhancement. They're just an accessory at this point. It's just like putting on a watch, you know, right. or putting on a, a, a coat or getting a haircut. It's like, this is just an enhancement at this point. But I know who I am at the foundation. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I am, uh, I'm, I'm God's idea. You are God's idea, Dante. You are God's idea. So it doesn't matter how your experiences and your journey has shaped you up to this point. You can be resolved in the, in the truth. It's not even a fact. You can be resolved in the truth that you are the idea of God. You know, you would not be here. You would not be doing this podcast if God did not have an idea about Dante to release something in him that he put in him to be a seed in the earth. You are his idea. You are his idea. You are the invention of God. <laughs> that, that preaches. Man, what? What? That preaches. <laughs> so let's talk about, let's talk about um, being saved by faith. It's so easy to forget that we're saved by faith and yeah. to fall into the trap of trying to work for our salvation out of guilt and shame. And many mm -hmm. times, regret may cause us to feel very negatively about ourselves. Negative self-talk um, mm -hmm. refers to the voices inside of our head that condemns yep. you, sees yourself as less than others, and highlights your flaws and even minimizes your gifts. How should we be controlling that voice in our head? You know, knowing or even trying to understand that we are the idea of God the Father. You know, how can we minimize or control that that natural humanistic voice in our head that may sometimes even in valley experiences tell us otherwise? Mm hmm. That's so good. Um, I'm, I'm a certified life coach. And so when I'm doing coaching and when I'm talking to to mentees, I one of the things that uh, we go through is self-talk. And it's that voice in your head. And we call it your inner critic, right? Your inner critic has a voice. Your inner critic mm -hmm. may sound like your mom. Your inner critic may sound, may have the voice of a father. It may have the voice of your arch nemesis. But your it, it's that inner critic. It's that voice that, that, that audibly talks to you 
whether you're looking at the mirror, driving in your car, sitting on the couch, at your desk at work, in the kitchen, it's that voice that you hear that is speaking to you. It's the voice that, that sometimes encourages your decisions and 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 uh, wills your emotions. Yeah. And in order to overcome that voice, you have to what I tell what I tell people to do, I say give that voice uh give that voice a name. Give that voice a name, right? Mm-hmm. So my inner critic, I name her Nancy because Nancy nags. So I call hey, her nagging Nancy. Nancy. <laughs> hey Nancy. <laughs> nagging Nancy. So you know, Nancy is very um over analytical. Nancy is very uh critical, very judgmental. So when I start hearing the voice of Nancy talk. I imagine Nancy's voice. I give Nancy a very weird, funny voice. And so um, I begin to, it kind of diminishes, it diminishes Nancy's talking power. And Mm. so when you do that, you have to also look at how that inner voice, what does that inner, how does that inner voice push you? Does that inner voice push you into the purpose of God or does that inner voice pull you away? And that's how you know you need to, either diminish that voice or give an ear to the voice. And, um, you know, there are several ways to address that voice. You gotta, you know, that, that voice will cause you to rerun things and replay memories and things in your mind, conversations that you've had. The guy is like, I really need you to get through that. You know, I really need you to work through that. And that voice is trying to pull you back into things that God has pulled you out of even yeah. other people's thoughts that, what are they thinking? You know, what the, you know, sometimes that inner voice and that inner critic will try to tell you what other people are thinking. And then you begin to judge yourself off of sometimes false burdens and false ideas. And so you you ultimately trump that voice by filling yourself with what did God say? What are God's mm. thoughts? What are God's ideas? What is God's view of me? Because that's going to diminish the voice of my inner critic. That's going to diminish that inner voice that that I feel that discourages me from making sound and wise decisions. Now I have to I have to hear God's voice and hear God's voice through his word. You know, when you're reading the word and you're having that study time or that devotion time, you know, you can imagine God's voice. Right. So you have to begin to do more of that to diminish that inner critic and that inner that inner voice. And you know what works for me? Two things specifically. I would say stillness. My stillness. Yeah. Um, a lot of times what I found is I remember while in college um, in Miami, I was sitting in my kitchen floor one night. I think it was like getting ready. I was getting ready to go to a watch night service. And I was just like so overwhelmed because I had dealt with a lot. And so I just really wanted God to move my life into the direction that he would desire of me and low-key that would be pleasing to me because I didn't like where I was um but shift my mindset shift my perspective shift my physical position um and place me to where I felt comfortable um because I was definitely in in a season of uncomfortable uncomfortability excuse me And so what I recognize and what the spirit said to me was that you're doing a lot of talking, but you aren't doing a lot of listening. And so through my prayer time, I began to just sit after I prayed. I would just sit 
after I pray and just kind of meditate. And I begin honestly to hear the voice of the Lord speak to me and minister to my situation. And so from that point on, I begin to gain clarity about both the work and the road ahead. I begin to gain assurance about that work, you know, um, even though it may have been uncomfortable because it was road. There were those were roads, excuse me, that were untraveled. I recognize God's power and his potential. And so that was the first thing, me allowing myself or putting myself in a position of stillness to really hear the voice of God. And then also what I found, just like you gave the example about Nancy, I think self-evaluation and also self-awareness is something that really does allow me to not really lean into that voice Uh, That may be inside my head of that may be talking to me or that, you know, or discouraging me about something, you know, looking at addressing or assessing my surroundings or friendships or um, what I watch or what I allow to pass through my ear gates. So those things really kind of shifted me and placed me into a place that really helped me to evolve to where I am today. And there are a lot of times that we must, and please correct me because I did not know that you are a life coach. So this may be beneficial to me as well. You know, there are are a lot of times when I feel that I may just need to take a break and just really assess Dante and be like, okay, Dante, you need to to calm down. You need to reassess Mm -hmm. the situation, reevaluate. And sometimes I think just like you shared, you know, I can definitely overanalyze situations um, and, you know, give things meaning or definition that really don't deserve uh, definition or meaning. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so that self-awareness for me and self-evaluation, and even as I stated before, my stillness and my communion and time with God really does set the bar for my mindset because I've always been told... Um, and been encouraged that mindset determines destiny. So I just want to make sure that my mindset is on the right track. Although naturally, you know, there are things that may affect your your mindset, but I don't allow those things. I try not to allow those yeah. things to really take over or have uh, impact or influence in my growing process. That's good. That's good. So let's talk about um, having a mind of Christ. What does it mean to really have a, have the mind of Christ? Ooh, that's that. I, I love that question because it, it's so loaded. It can go so many different ways. Um, on one end, when I think about the mind of Christ, I think about a mind that was so when when even when he was when when Jesus was a little boy he was committed when he was found in the temple you remember his parents said they had gone down they traveled to go to the festival and they lost him right right he was in the temple and you know Mary was she was tripping out like you know why did you leave us we we thought we had lost you and he mm-hmm. was like I'm just in here by my father's business since he was a kid his mind was set on doing what God put him on the earth to do 
And nothing changed that, you know, not not the Pharisees and Sadducees. Nothing changed his mind about who he was. Nothing could change his mind. So to me, the mind of Christ is a made up mind. The mind of Christ is a mind that is completely resolved that I'm going to believe God. I'm going to trust God and I'm going to serve God with my mind. Because if you can serve him with your mind, you will serve him with your life. If you can submit your mind to him, yo, everything else will begin to submit. You know, everything else will get in alignment, you know, with that. And that's 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 a part of that soul too. your mind, will and emotions. So that part that the mind of Christ is is also your soul being so engrafted in the in the work of God in the promise of God in the will of God that nothing can make you change your mind about him and i love how paul even says what's it's, it's all about what you think right so whatsoever is true whatsoever is pure mm -hmm. whatsoever is lovely think on these things if anything is of good report anything you've learned from me think on such things because the thoughts in your mind will begin to shape your experiences. And that's why it's so important for us to have the mind of Christ. Like I said, the mind of Christ is a made up mind. It's a made up mind. Real quick though, I do want to ask you this question. How can we really develop that mind for Christ? Let's say hypothetically, I'm new to the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, in this pandemic, you know, to those who are navigating through COVID-19 and, you know, you've lost your faith or, you know, you kind of backslid a little bit or, you know, your relationship with God isn't as strong as it was maybe before the pandemic hit for whatever reason. Talk about how we can really strengthen our, our relationship with God and have a stronger or have a mind of Christ in this season? Well, I really believe that that starts with making the decision. It, it, every, everything that you do in your life, it starts with a thought and then it, it, it follows up with a decision. Absolutely. And so you have to make it up in your mind what you want to be, who you're going to serve, what you're going to do, you know, how you're going to trust is really making a decision. So you have to be very clear about the decisions that you want to make, the life that you want to see, even in the midst of loss, you can choose. I'm not going to let this, I'm not going to let it kill me. Even losing a parent, losing a friend, losing a job, uh, you know, just losing a home. I'm not going to, and though this may hurt, this may be, you know, uh, I, I feel, I feel like I'm in a, a hard place. I'm trying to get through, but I'm going to make a decision that I'm going to get up today. Absolutely. I'm going to wash my face and I'm going to get myself together. I'm not going to stay in the bed in the dark, in the cold and sulking in what hurts, but I'm going to get up and I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be grateful for the moment that I have to start over and try again. So it's really in that decision making and saying, you know what, I'm going to make a decision to be committed to God. I'm going to make a decision to spend time to pray today. I'm going to make a decision to make sure my conversations are more edifying than they are gossip. I'm going to make mm. a decision to make mm. sure that what I'm doing is lending itself towards my personal growth and evolution. I'm going to make a decision to make sure that the, if I say I want to lose weight, then I'm not going to go get the 4 for 4 at Wendy's. I'm going to make a decision oh, no. instead of getting the phone, phone, 
Passed away from uh, just stepping on my toes. Because I definitely <laughs> had a four for four today. <laughs> today. See what I'm saying? And, and instead of getting the four for four, get that salad next time. Because they got they have healthier they options. They do have the salad. So they do have healthier options. And so it's real it's about your decisions. And it's really being and I keep using the word resolve, but it's it's the truth. It's being locked in Absolutely. to that decision. Absolutely. And that's where it starts. It starts with your decisions. Your decisions matter, saints. They Be do. Be mindful of that. Your decisions matter. And that's the power of free will, Dante. God gives us, he gives us the power to choose. Hmm. He gives us the power to choose. And hmm. even if we choose wrong, Grace is sufficient to help us to get it right. Ain't that good? That's good. Ain't that good? Even good. if I choose wrong, even if the decision I know I made, it would lead me to an error, a hiccup, a pitfall, a mistake. God's grace is sufficient enough to teach me how to do it right the next time. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so let's transition this conversation. Guys, I'm so excited to be introducing this new segment entitled Lyrics to Live By. During this segment, we'll discuss lyrics that have shifted our perspective or that pertain to the general topic of this week's discussion. How could I start season two off and have the legendary, the incomparable Pastor Candy West on the show and not utilize one of her songs for our first Lyrics to Live By segment. All right, let's so, do it. So the song, one of, one of my favorite songs, first of all, as I stated, I don't know if I stated this during the show, but I definitely stated it uh, before we began recording. I am a huge fan. I'm a huge admirer of your ministry gift, and I make no apologies about it. Um, and one of my favorite songs by you is Contentment. And so, oh, guys, wow. the lyrics are this. And then I'm going to let her take it off. And she's going to explain and just encourage the saints about specifically what this song is saying and, and how it ministers to the people. So the song, the lyrics are, can I be honest? There are seasons I go through and I don't like what I feel. I don't like what I see. But you promise these afflictions and phases are only momentary. This is not the end, because you know what's best for me. Lord, help me to be content with where I am, because you know my end from my beginning. Listen to this, people. Help me to trust your heart my when God. I can't see your hand. Yes. Let me just yes, say that again. Good. Rewind. Help uh -huh. me to say trust your heart when I can't see your hand, because yeah. you're never, ever without a plan, and you know What's best for me? Tell us about contentment. Whew, let me tell you something. Contentment was birthed out of a place of being discontent. I was very unsatisfied with the place I was in. I'll never forget. I started writing contentment in the bathroom of my mother's apartment. I had moved back from Birmingham to Dallas. Okay. This was after my father passed. And there was just so much going on. I was staying with my mom at the time. I was trying to break out and be on my own. And there was just a lot trying to keep me in that place. I was sharing a room with my, with my baby sister. I'm talking about being a, a whole grown woman, right? Oh, wow. A whole grown woman sharing a room with my sister. I'm trying to break out. 
you know, a lot of guilt tripping, a lot of, per you know how family yeah. will do you. And I'm just being transparent of what yeah, I was going real. through. Please. A lot of guilt tripping. I was like, I really, I want to be on my own. I want to move out. And just, you know, at that time, my mom was really codependent on us because we were kind of helping her to deal with her own grief, right. you know, with not having my father. So we were, a, we were a means of security for her. So as I'm feeling my own evolution and I'm trying to trust God and I'm trying to evolve and grow and I felt so stuck, I mm. felt so stagnant. I'm like, God, I'm praying for greater opportunities. They're coming, but I feel like I can't, I'm hitting a ceiling and I don't like where I am. I don't like that when I have to pull up to this apartment, I have to go and share a room with my sister. And though it was cool because me and my sister are best friends, so we'd be laughing and talking all night mm. anyway. But just when you look at the situation, I'm like, how is this woman that is, been on Grammy award winning projects, platinum selling yeah. projects in this place in 2015, sharing a room with her sister as an adult woman with a, with an almost adult son. Wow. And I remember shutting, and I would always, when I needed quiet time, I would always go shut myself up in the bathroom. I would play my worship music. I would just go pray and talk to God. And I'll never forget this time. I was so fed up, Dante. And I went and shut, locked myself in the bathroom. And I started, I literally started telling God that. Can I be honest? The, this, there are seasons I go through. This, this right here, I don't like how I feel. I don't like what I see. Hmm. And then the Lord was like, write it write it down and i'm just i got tears coming down and then I, I i started praying lord help me be content with where i am and he led me to philippians where paul was talking about i know what it means to have plenty i know what it means to be in want i know what it means to be well fed i know what it means to be hungry but yet i've learned you know to be content in whatever state that i'm in and that's when the song i started hearing, hearing the melody and that, Lord, help me be content with where I am. Yeah. I started singing it. And that's how that song came to birth. It came to life, me being in what I felt like was a pit in my life. And that song came out of a pit. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, <laughs> and before we go on, before we go on, I just want to, I want to take a pause and, and just say one thing, though. I think a lot of times, in fact, I know because I've been there, when we are dealing with difficulty and when we are in valley experiences, it's so easy, so easy to give up and throw in the towel. Absolutely. It's so easy to lose faith and to lose hope. So easy. The devil just yeah. waiting on you to do it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that your example of you being in a place where you and your family even were dealing yeah. with difficulty, navigating through a valley experience, you know, yeah. your faith was unwavering and God spoke to you in that moment. Absolutely. And, and I want just to encourage those that listen to understand the importance of those valley experiences in those dark seasons. Understand Ooh. that there are times, those are times rather when God, of course, he's testing you, but he's also pruning you and mm -hmm. preparing you. And and I think it's important that we really seek him, whether it be in your stillness, whether it be through your prayer, whether it be through your reading of the word, whether it be through your worship. You yeah. Know? 
Seek him in those seasons, in those times, so that you can really, really receive what he's saying to you or, or and understand what he's preparing you for you for, excuse me, in that next season. I think mm-hmm. that's so powerful. And yeah. I don't I don't honestly I don't know why I'm saying it, but I just feel like a lot of us, even while navigating through 2020, you know, I know when, when it first when COVID first hit. You know, it it threw me for a loop because there were many things um, that I had planned to do at the beginning of 2020 that really had to take a back seat for one reason or another, you know, and it and it did shift my perspective, you know, for a quick second. I was like, okay, God, what's what is it? What's going on? I know you gave this to me. I know you gave me this vision. I know you told me to do this. and, And, you know, but what is it? What is it? And God had to speak to me and and humble me and slow me down and say yes I gave that vision to you yes Mm -hmm. I told you this is what my will is for you in this season however allow me to lead you allow me to guide you allow me to direct your path and see won't I open up doors and Pastor West let me just say Beacon is that purely yeah I had absolutely no idea. We're just wrapping up our third quarter. January, the end of January will be the end of the third quarter. Um, end of the first quarter for year one of implementation. I, oh. in just one quarter, three months, God has been so gracious to us. So gracious to us. We've launched scholarship. Wow. We've been able to just do so much. I'm not going to talk about me, but just because I see it all that God has allowed us to see, I see it as a result of obedience. Obedience, not just, you know, in good times, but definitely while navigating through those valley experiences. So I thank you for sharing that. I really did not know the story behind contentment, but I thank yeah. you for sharing that because it, it, it for me serves as a testament and, and as a means of encouragement, you know, for those who may be in the midst of a valley experience or a dark mm-hmm. season right now. Yeah. You know, who are, are, are waiting and, 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 you know, just trying to hear God speak to them concerning whatever their situation may be. So thank you so much. Everybody, please go and purchase contentment. Go get ASAP. it. Go get go it. And go get purchase it. the entire album. Seriously. Please and thank you. <laughs> and we're gonna get to that because I do want them to support your album, visit your website. I saw that you cooked on Instagram. Oh, I cook. Food, I do. The, I love cooking. I first of all, I love Ashayla. Oh, she that's my is girl. such a gift as well. I love her so yes, much. I'm actually, I actually is. went to school in Miami, lived there for six years, and I attended pretty much all of her love shucks. I saw that y'all cooked, and I was very jealous. But <laughs> she cooks, she sings, and everything. And I want you to tell everyone before we at the end of the show when we wrap how they okay. can uh, follow you, get your music, um, and purchase her music, support her mm-hmm. genuinely. Um, and just continue to follow your ministry. So before awesome. we go, though, I do want to play What Shall It Be? You guys, if you remember, we did this same game, rapid fire game, uh, in season one. And this is just a quick rapid fire. I'm going to ask Pastor Wes a few questions just to see uh, what shall it be? 
and then you can hear uh, also what her response is. All right. So you ready to go? I'm good. Yes, let's do it. Okay. So first question, what's your no fail, go for it motivational song of any genre? Ooh, it, you know what? It really depends on my mood. Um, I will say one of my one of my motivational songs is uh, I got a feeling ooh, that tonight's gonna be a good night by the Black Eyed Peas. By the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> yes. What's, what's the best advice you received from your mom at any point in your life? Ooh, oh, one of the. Uh, uh, a point of best advice that I received from my mom is give it, give it your all, no matter if there's five people or 5,000 people in the audience, never give them any less because of the numbers of people that are, that are listening and viewing you. What movie made you laugh the hardest? Ooh, I want to say coming to America. Everybody says that movie. Come, I can quote it back and forth. It's, I can and too. it's always funny. It's what, always funny. What do you think about this new one? Just real quick. You know what? I'm interested to see it. I'm going in with a very open mind. Of course, I don't think okay. it's going to be as classic as the original. Right. But I'm interested. I'm I'm excited to see the characters come back and see what the narrative is going to be. And the fact that they're still alive to still do this, that's yeah, exciting that's for true. me. That's true. What's your go-to quarantine snack? Guacamole and chips. Lime chips. Do you make your own guacamole? Oh, yeah, from scratch. We do it from scratch. What's the quick recipe? Okay, quick recipe. Uh, I usually do about four, about medium to large size um, avocados. Mm -hmm. um, and, of course, you cut it and dice it and all this stuff. Um and then I do a squeeze of, of lime. I do chopped cilantro, a red onion, a chopped Roma tomatoes. Um, and then I also season it. So one of my secret seasonings, well, it's not a secret. I, I share it. Um, but I use like a ranch packet seasoning to mm. help give it, give it this extra little oomph. So guacamole, tomatoes, red onion, cilantro, and lime juice and then ranch packet seasoning and and it's it's a party i never thought about that oh get your life get your life and tell me how it how it works no out i'm seriously you. gonna send you an email and let you know how it was please and thank you <laughs> okay so if you could send a note to yourself in 2030 2030 what would it say keep going no matter what it looks like there's still, there's always something left. There's always something left. And I actually got that quote from the movie um, Jingle Jangle. There was a poem where they were saying, it's always, uh, it's always something left. And whew, when they felt like they could, when he came to the end of what he could do, what he thought was possible, there was a quote in the movie that said, there's always something left. So I would tell myself at 2030, even if you feel like you've done it all, there's always something left. Name your favorite song from a time from your time with either God's Property or Myron Butler and Levi. Ooh, I, w I would say one of my favorite songs from God's Property um, would be one of one of my favorite. Okay, would be "You Are the Only One" because that song is mm. so memorable. Because when oh we did the gosh. video, we had so much fun and so that was just a really fun era for me so mm -hmm. i would think you are the only one was is one of my favorite because it, it was so much fun what the world needs now is 
ooh, what the world needs now is Jesus. Amen. What What would be your dream musical collaboration? Oh, yeah. My dream musical collaboration would be uh, myself, Fantasia, Beyonce. I love Fantasia. Love Beyonce. Uh, Kiara Sheard. Love and Karen Clark Sheard. Like, it would, that would just be ridiculous. Oh, and I would throw Layla Hathaway in there, too. Oh, no, Layla. <laughs> Layla is a complete vibe. A complete oh, what? Vibe. Absolute, absolutely. What should be requ- a required reading for every human? Aside from the Bible, what should be a required reading from for every human? Ooh, that's going to be hard. Um... I think Purpose Driven Life, it has been a book mm. that I believe that has helped that millions and millions and millions of people. Just knowing your purpose and knowing your identity, I would say that the Purpose Driven Life would be a book that I would recommend to anyone. Okay, last question. What do you feel is most important for your mental health? Peace. Peace of mind and boundaries. Absolutely. Boundaries, because boundaries help with your peace. So, Setting boundaries, owning those boundaries uh, really lend itself to peace. So creating a peaceful environment as well. I want everyone to know that finding our identity in Christ is a lifelong process, a constant stripping off of the old and putting on the new. As we close this show, what advice or wisdom, Pastor West, can you give to those who may be struggling with the topic of identity or may have lost sight of their identity? What I would say is first go to the root of what made you question your identity in the first place. Who who made you question? What made you question who you are? Attack and address that. And that will be the beginning process of learning who you are and, and begin to read God's word and what he says about you because it's in there. It's in the book. It's in the book. So first address the root of what made you, where where you began to question your identity, who you are as a woman, who you are as a man of God, a woman of God, and then begin to see how you can uh, power up with God's word in that. Pastor West, you are awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. You are awesome. I want to take a moment to thank Pastor West for joining us for the very first episode of season two of the Live Every Day Literally podcast. And I want you, you all to, of course, subscribe to all of our social media platforms, as well as visit our website, beaconenterprise.org, um, and check out our artists, the clothing line, the podcast, and of course, the scholarship. The deadline is around the corner, and I want all of our high school seniors, graduating high school seniors, to definitely apply. But before we go, Pastor West, I know you have some things coming down the pipe. Please tell everyone how they could follow you, what you got coming out, your projects, how can we purchase them, and support you. Go ahead. Absolutely. So for all things Candy West, you can go to CandyWest.com. I have products. I have a book that I released in 2020 called Work, W-O-R-K, The Wait, and it's about being productive while waiting on the promises of God. I highly recommend that to anyone who wants to figure out how to process through waiting seasons and trusting God through that because waiting seasons are not in active seasons. We should always be preparing for what God is doing next. And so you can go and find all things Candy West there. You can follow me on social media. I'm the Candy West on Instagram. I'm at Candy West on 
uh, Twitter. I'm on Clubhouse, <laughs> Candy West on Clubhouse. You can find me there. You can find me on Facebook, but I'm somewhere on the internet. I promise you that. Pastor West, I want to thank you again for joining us for season two. And again, yes. guys, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media pages. You know where we are. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Live Every Day Deliberately. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed week. Peace. Oh,